0: Hi, this is Kev Lex Walker, and you are about to hear a podcast of an interview that appeared on Shades of Blues here on The Cat. And there will be plenty more as we delve into the archives. Sit back and enjoy. I'm delighted to say that I'm now joined on the phone by Mr. Mud Morganfield. Mud, are you well?
1: Hello, how are you? I am well, thank you for asking.
0: Thank you so much, and it is a genuine honour to be speaking to you. Um, you've just got a new album out. Well, it came out a few months ago called Portrait. And uh, yeah. you must be so proud of that. It's a brilliant album.
1: Yeah, it's a re release, man. We added a
0: couple more bonus tones to it,
1: remastered it, uh we added my new gospel single, Praise Him is on and uh we're 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 very proud of it.
0: Excellent. And uh, you've been in the business for a few years now. So, looking back on your catalog, is this the best thing you've done, in your opinion?
1: I, I, I've been in the business since I was born. <laughs> yeah,
0: fair point. Fair point.
1: I, you, you have no, you have no idea how many times I was scorned for beating on
0: furniture. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I, I was born in the blues, you know. I I, I always have had these, this music running through my head. I couldn't get that out. I had to beat on some. I I had to do something musically
0: yeah well i mean it, it was the thing that your father bought you a drum set every christmas from the age of seven was it something like that
1: What? Well, no dad started buying me a drum set because of that um he had none of the things he bought started back a little paper drum sets and uh man like with week time they were no matter how I played them, they would tire up, they were bust. So <laughs> <laughs> he started giving me a small real set. I'm not sure, I am not about just about ten years old. And then I went to a concert that was went a fire and fell in love with L, who was their bass player. So I uh, write by the bass now. And uh, I'm a bass player, but I can play a little bass.
0: <laughs> I sympathize wholeheartedly. I was in the band playing bass and I can I can play a little bass.
1: Well you know what? I would like that. That way, you know, you know how, how sometimes critics are. Oh yeah, 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 you know much. And that's why I haven't been playing the bass. I've been playing the bass for thirty years, but I just stopped playing a couple of tunes with my band. But uh, you know, people oh he's a great singer, but his bass playing stinks. <laughs> 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 so I'd just sit
0: down and just steal some time, man, and sing the rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now, well, let's go back yeah. in time to your childhood. And because your father was on the road a lot of the time, you were raised by yeah. your mother and seven uncles. Yeah, were, yeah. were they yeah. musically inclined?
1: no they were just all hard because you know uh, faculty workers man they nothing special about them they were just they love me and what dad couldn't stand in at they would or either my mom you know so no they was nothing it wasn't they were mostly uh, armed forces Air force navy army you know they were into that
0: yeah um you were born in chicago and People over here in the UK have this fantasy dream of what it was like in Chicago, blues everywhere and all that kind of stuff, but it was quite rough when you were growing up, wasn't it?
1: Well, I, I actually up, I, I grew up, i uh, up, born and raised in a Chicago, man, and I heard that all the time with Dad and his band when they would be just drinking champagne and smoking weed.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and they'd be playing... But you know, remember you got to remember though, as well. I come up in the uh, in the sixty years with uh, uh, the Temptations and the Michael Jacksons. You know, a different era. Dad come up in the cotton fields of Mississippi. Yeah. So it was, it's totally different. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I tell people that all the time. Totally different upbringing. I, I didn't get a chance to really experience the deep, deep, deep um, slavery. So I came up around that man, and that's what I cling to. You know, my peers were about that kind of stuff. So I had to go get me some blues, man. <laughs> when I got some blues, I decided to come on out.
0: When you were growing up, was it the Motown stuff you were listening to then, or uh, a mixture of everything?
1: Yeah, when I when I was coming up, the uh, you know, the blues was, had changed. It had changed over to. People like Tyrone Davis and Johnny Taylor, where there was a rhythm and blues danceable beat, and and they had was trying to get away from the traditional originators,
0: and that's what they did. But you know, hey, blues is blues, especially the real blues. Roughly, what age was it when you first realized and appreciated the impact that your father had had on music?
1: Well, uh, I had gotten the age, man. About. 25, you know 26 where I really finally realized the impact that uh, dad had on the uh, American blue scene and after he passed um, you know boys they look at uh, things the things that
0: dad do with girls marks the mothers and I want to be a part of my dad legacy. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean not just American blues, but worldwide. A massive impact on bands like the Rolling Stones and beyond. Yeah, so you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. You didn't consider a career in music. In fact, you started out driving trucks, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I love driving big rigs, but you know, and that's because you know my dad was was you know was still and probably will always be a big influence on the blues. And I just felt that he had made the impact for all his children and paid all our dues. But as, as I told you, I had these beats in my head all my life, man. I probably was tapping on my mama's stomach inside. Couldn't get rid of them. And I ran for a long time. I ran from the blues. You know, hey, ain't no sense in me even trying to be like, you know, dad or Jew or dad. That wasn't what I, so I chose another career. But man, I ran, I ran so far to the blues caught me. It caught me on, you know, it called me. I come up rough, man. I come up, you know, on the south, west side of Chicago. And uh, people didn't care of me being Muddy Waters son or B.B. King son, man. I had to fight
0: to prove my own self, you know, and
1: it just that kind. you had to be rough. So I had to get my blues, and I got them.
0: Some people have said that you can't sing the blues unless you've experienced the blues. Do you hold with that? Oh, uh, yeah. How can
1: you? I mean, you could play the blues up and down, round and round, but until you go through something, uh, alcoholism, uh, drug addiction... Uh, Whatever you may have, counseling or or relief, you have to go through something to really understand blues. You know, blues is just church. You know, this blues came from the cotton fields of Mississippi in slavery time where we were looking for a savior. And we were praying to God and praying to him. and, And we were playing music. And they just turned the music from gospel. And to, hey, girl, you got some big legs on you. Ooh, wow, woo-wee, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, It come out of church.
0: Yeah. and There's a, a feature within my show called the Analog Blues Track, where we go way back to the 1920s, 1930s. And yeah. Some of the songs from then, they're telling the story. They're talking about how people were living in those days.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it, you know, if you listen to some of those old guys and, like, uh, you know, Blind Boy and all of them, you have to listen to the lyrics because they're telling the story. It's just that the slang that African-Americans used back then wasn't frequently understood
0: by uh, white culture. Mm. So they were telling the story. You didn't know what they were saying. Well, th- there was also a lot of double entendres in there where you, you sort of knew what they were saying. They were talking about, well, what goes on in the bedroom and that kind of thing. So you sort of knew what they were saying, but it was all coded.
1: Uh, absolutely. Absolutely, of course. You know, we, we couldn't even read back in those kind of days. It wasn't allowed to to read a book of habit and have literature, so they had to learn how. Speaking cold, but it was all uh, just uh, sorrow. Mm. You know, what I
0: mean?
1: it was all just sorrow. Yeah, you know, uh, help gonna come. When am I gonna relief? I mean, you know, if anybody can understand that, there's something wrong with him. You're being beaten, every day, you know, and tortured. You, 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 you. The only way you can do is 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 hope and pray. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. This is one thing that when you mention blues to some people who aren't into the the blues, they all think it's doom and gloom, but blues can also be very uplifting as well, can't it? Yeah, yeah. Any
1: music, I'm gonna hear from James Brown to Johnny Mappis uh, to Paul and Oaks. There's a there's a message in the music, and it all depends on how you feel about it.
0: Yeah, going back to you and your music, you you're on record as saying that being the son of muddy waters was a double-edged sword. Uh, do you, do you, you feel that's to, st- still the case, or are you over that yeah, now?
1: Yeah, it, it, it will always be the case. And I'm okay with that, though. You know, yeah. it'll always be the case. But I'm okay with that. He's my dad, you know. I'm, I'm the first-born boy. Mm. You know, so my, my sister, you know, she was older than me, but she was a girl. I'm the first-born boy. Yeah. And uh, that's okay. That's okay with me to to be in Dad's shadow. Again, if, if Muddy was a painter, I'd have been a painter. You know, boys mark their dads. Most boys want to do or be what their dad was, whether he was a boxer or a great wrestler.
0: Well, when you did finally decide to launch your blues career or musical career, you started playing in the, the clubs on the south side of Chicago.
1: That... But, no, actually, actually, there's a old blues lady. She's 86 years old now. Her name is Mary Lane. Mm-hmm. And she was the kind of like the first one that took me to a professional uh, show and paid me money to perform uh, songs of my dad's. Her name is Mary Lane. She's eighty-six, and she's been honored here in Chicago many times. And and she was kind of like the first one that took me to professional mic. And then I, they, you know, when when I come up, I try to sing like other people. But every time I seen other people still came out like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, I, I just, uh, hey, man, I'm over the moon. I'm honored and blessed to be a son of
0: Money Waters. One of the people that you have worked with is Bob Corritore, who produced and played harmonica on your album, didn't he? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, Bob, yeah. He's a good guy, man, Bob Corritore. I played with a bunch of great people, especially my dad. Um uh, man uh before they passed James Cotton. Uh I had the honor to stage with him and uh, who else? Will it be Smith, uh who's part of dad Ben I still do some things with Bob McGowan. if it comes about, you know, John Prime and me and him, we in the same city. We're like an hour apart from each other in the city here. And I
0: mean I mean it's it's been an honor, man. So. Well, another person that you played with who is a familiar name over here in the UK is Hugh Laurie.
1: Oh, God, that was very special to me. I called Who You Up and he told me, come on down, downtown Chicago, when we first met. He said, come on down, I'm doing a production.
0: Come on down, and uh, great guy. I'm I look at him, I saw house. <laughs> <laughs> Until he released those albums that he did a couple of years ago, I don't think people realize just what a good pianist he is
1: well he's he's a good entertainer period uh you know i've also did things with drew hollins uh same thing great great entertainer uh top notch and uh i mean you know look i mean he's a musician he uh, learned and he also is an actor i mean what more could a mom or dad be proud of
0: mm. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we mentioned Bob Corritore earlier on. Uh, he produced one of your albums, but you've done a bit of production as well, haven't you, on the album They Call Me Mud? Yes. Yes, I've done, done some of the production. there.
1: Uh, hey, you know, things, that's what you do. You know, you, you start to doing stuff, and stuff begin to look, you know, that's how you learn. You learn like that. You know, I've had a great friend of mine, Ronnie Baker Brooks, who uh, we were in doing the Big Head Tards album. And we just show you how, how, to breast these guys are. Ronnie heard the guitar out of tune from another room. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was amazing. Me, yeah. I, mean, I mean, I'm not a guitar player, I play bass, but, but he heard, he wasn't plugged in. He heard the guy just sitting over there and he told him it was out of tune.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but but you, you live and you learn.
0: I've asked this question of other artists in the past. When you are producing, how easy is it to switch from being the recording artist to being the producer?
1: I try to do whatever it takes
0: for my fans and friends and family to,
1: to make good music, to make a good album.
0: Wherever I can get in at to make this work,
1: that's where you'll find me
0: at. Do you not suffer from the problem where, as a producer, you think, I oh, can just do a little bit more on that, and you have to... Stand back from it, or does someone tell you that's enough?
1: No, yeah, yeah, of course. I have the engineer there in the studio with me. I have uh, friends there with me, my last guitar player. I mean, my dad's last guitar player before he passed, Rick Crer. He's my right-hand man. He's there sometimes. I have a great hard player called baker John, who, by the way, just and this is not out yet, he will
0: be pro- producing uh, my next album. right. Is there yeah. a, a release date in mind for that?
1: No, because you know, because you know, I just want to get it done and
0: get some new stuff up and get some new stuff out, and uh, it'll probably be a year next year, maybe right. before it's released. Been- like we said at the top of the interview, you've got Portrait just come out in recent months. Are you touring with that, and will that tour come over to Europe?
1: Oh yeah! Oh definitely! Right. Oh definitely! I'm working, I'm working early April, uh, maybe March, early April, May. I got a couple things set up for June. So, you know, I will be there, man. Let me just say this too, man. The U.K. is like my second home. As a matter of fact, the U.K. is who made my career, if you didn't know that. It was the U.K. I played from Ronnie Scotch to the Albert Hall to the Rhythm and Blues Festival, you name it. And it was Jewel Holland show. that went live on that uh, with me and my band. He joined me on keyboards. And UK band is my second home. And I'll, I'll, I'll just say this because I don't want to shoot myself in the foot. Uh, I would take and bring home every one of y'all <laughs> in, my, in my suitcase. <laughs> I wouldn't mistreat you. But I'll definitely let you out when I'm at a show. I've never <laughs> seen such, listen, I've never seen such humble people as you guys, man.
0: Yeah. If
1: the performer could sound like crap, and guess what? Y'all a still cheer him on. Yeah, yeah. It would never be a boo. Boo. Never be none of that. Can't beat that kind of... It, 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 keeps, the audience, it keeps the audience alive. It gives them hope. It keeps them trying to try to do better best as they can.
0: Yeah. Appreciate you. Uh, well, we certainly appreciate you. You are Chicago born and raised, so Chicago is in your heart. But as yeah. a blues musician, is that your favorite place or do you hanker for the home of the blues, like Memphis or something like that?
1: No, no, Chicago is it, man. I was born in this big old place and more than likely, Mr. Walker, I'll pass here in this in this. And if I had to leave this Chicago, then I would probably just leave the whole country. Yeah, so And I'll be heading your way.
0: You are part of blues history as the son of Monday Waters. Do Are you a blues historian? Do you look into the old musicians and listen to their music and research them?
1: Well, no, I don't particularly go searching for it. You know, because my my thing is just what I... If you if you even quote me on this, it's just what I would leave in up-and-coming new artists, you know, mm. is don't be the hype. You, you don't need a drug to sound better. That's a lie. You won't sound any better. You might be on fire the first two songs, and then the rest of it is all downhill. And you don't even know you done went downhill. So mm. you don't need anything. You either, you that's your question. You either got it or you don't. Yeah. So I don't, I don't go, I don't go down the line and look at
0: the old clips. If I hear it, I'll take a listen. That's pretty cool. I like that. But no, I just don't go searching. And a final question: What do you see as the future of the blues? Because there are young musicians coming through, carrying the torch. Do you think the blues does have a good future?
1: I, I do, if they stop stripping the good time. That is not the blues that was tended to be blues. And some may beg to differ. Some may argue to differ. Ah, no, that's no, it's not. That is not the blues that our forefathers put ahead. Uh, Wolf, uh, Willie Dixon, my dad, BB. That is not the blues that we put apart where you do a twenty-minute solo stripping the guitar. Mm. Not the blues that we know the blues is. I mean, you know, that's rock. And if you love rock, that's okay within category. That what that is. Mm. That's rock yeah don't get tell' rock blues, no, no, it's not blues is a storyline or something which a couple of you might do a solo or two, but you don't do a twenty minute solo just dripping down in good times. not no not it
0: no. no i I wholeheartedly agree with you it's yes. it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I hope we can do it again sometime, and I certainly look forward to seeing you over here next year or this year, I should say. Well, when you hear my mother, let me know and please be my guest. Oh, that would be wonderful. And uh, if I ever come over to America again, which I sincerely hope I will do, um, I'll be looking out for you. Give me a call. Will do. And I hope you enjoyed that little interview there. And there will be more as we record more for the show. And we are going to delve into the archives and pull some of the old ones out as well. So plenty more to come. And of course... If you want to hear the whole show, there is always Listen Again. I'll see you next time. Take care.